0: You're in trouble and you're looking for a lawyer. You want one that has a 100% track record before the judge. We have one as Christians. Join us and find out more. Here in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, the Apostle Paul lays out for us the fact that we have a representative before God, one who stands on our behalf, one who has a perfect track record as far as escaping the wrath to come, if you will. Hi and welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're looking at the results of justification and one of those results is the fact that Jesus now represents us. For more, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast.
1: The church has scrambled for 2,000 years. What do we do with babies that die? major issue if you've ever buried a child even if you've had a miscarriage because we believe that baby was alive That tension The church wrestled with for years What is the state of our children that die in infancy? Well, he's going over and over after all of this sin Years and Millenniums of sin centuries of sin along comes the gift of God and in one act of Christ who followed up on the multitude of transgressions trespasses sin and rebellion the one Christ was able to undo all of that against everyone who puts faith in him. You'll see language through here. He'll use the language many and all. When it talks about Adam, it's everybody. The many is the whole human race. The all is the whole human race. When the many and the all is used of Christ, it's all those who put faith. It's not a universalism that says the whole race is saved. No, he has said from chapter one on, you must put faith in Christ to receive the benefits of Christ. So over and over, but this is what you get when you put faith in Christ. He will bring justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more were those who received God's abundant provision of grace and notice the gift of righteousness and reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let me say this. We're going to heaven not because we have become perfect. We're not going to heaven because we've got this great righteousness in and of ourselves by our own life and conduct. Though we want to be a people that fear God and live in holiness, but the best of us feel our imperfections But he says in the gospel, God offers a gift of righteousness. A righteousness not your own. It's a gift. And this was another big debate in church history. Is the righteousness one that because he sees me that I've acted righteous and that he's infused it? Or is it that he imputed it? Two big differences. One says God sees that it's within me, that he really is righteous because God couldn't declare me righteous unless I really was, or they, would, they called it a legal fiction? Or could God give me a righteousness not my own, but as Luther called it, alien to me, outside of me? Is there any way I could be right with God with a righteousness not my own, But from Christ, look at Philippians. Just look at what Paul's great testimony. Just see this verse, Philippians 3, 9. He's giving his testimony how God saved him from being a devout Jew and a devout rabbi. And he says in verse 9, and be found in him, Jesus Christ, not having a righteousness of my own. That comes from law keeping. Though I was blameless before the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. The gift of righteousness comes from God. It's received by faith. It's not your own. Your own righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. This is a major Some of you have uh, said under maybe the gospel for years that this separates us from all other religions. You you could yawn through this stuff because you don't know how much blood's been spilled and how many bloody seas have been sailed through to teach this stuff. Someone got upset with me talking about what Rome had said. I said, well, just go up on the internet and bring it up. Look at it for yourself. Church history stands as it stands. There were battles fought to say a man cannot be justified before God through any human instrument, only the righteousness of Christ received by faith. And the church should say from their gut, amen. Amen. If you can earn it, uh, we're a cult. If it's free, if it's grace, we might be Christians. It really is a gift righteousness. It's not an earn righteousness. That's why we ought to be a humble people. We shouldn't be strutting that we're so holy or that we're so perfect or we're so right. You were nothing but a wonderful candidate for eternal separation until the gift came to your life. And God tracked you down. You didn't find God. He found you. God wasn't lost. You were lost, and he tracked you down. You didn't even know how to find him. Blind men can't find him, and we were blind. And dead men can't walk, and we were dead. But God quickened us, Ephesians says, by his grace. And when he quickened us, he gave us new life and got us out of the graveyard of the Adamic fall. That's what he did in Christ why I love Romans by the way I'm starting it over again when I get done (laughs) look at here consequently just as a result of one trespass was condemnation for all men so also the result of the one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men And we find out the all men wind up being all the men who will believe Uh, and, And this is interesting. One act of righteousness. What was that act of righteousness? That act of righteousness was the entire life and death of our new head, our racial head, the new man he's creating in Christ. The life of Christ was one whole life of obedience. He came according to Hebrews 10, a body you've created for me that I may come and fulfill thy law in the volume of the book. John the Baptist wanted to baptize him and he said, and he told Jesus, I'm not worthy to even untie your shoes. Why do you want to be baptized? To fulfill all righteousness. Then it says, he comes to the cross And he dies all the way through John. I die to do the Father's will. I've come to do the Father's will. So our righteousness is Christ. From conception to the death on the cross, he represented the righteousness of God. Now this is what he did, this is amazing. Don't, Don't miss this. He not only paid for my sins, That was the righteous payment for sin. But, hear me, he perfectly obeyed everything that God ever said. And when I accept Christ, I get credit for that obedience. For he represented me in his obedience. Not in only obeying God, but in dying for the sins of God for my disobedience. So I get credit in Christ, my new head, for having kept the law and for everything I broke it has been paid. So when God said, I want to declare you righteous, whose righteousness are you declaring that I've got? You've got my son's righteousness. Well, what is that? He is the perfect fulfillment of everything I ever commanded. He fulfilled the law on every uh, tittle and every jot. And he died under the penalty of the law for sin breakers. And you get credit for both. Both having died for your sins and having kept the law. Christ is our representative. He did it and we get credit for it. It is amazing. You know, I am... Uh, low after these many years of preaching. I'm at that point in my life, I don't know that my understanding of many of these verses is brand new. I've never seen this. But it's this way. Anymore when I come to study the Word of God, and when I look at it, and by the time I walk away, it's like the bush is aglow. I want to take off my shoes. I'm in awe of what I understand. I'm in awe of these things. And I get half mad at you that you're not jumping over a pew right now. (laughs) Because I'm in awe of of the truth. It's not, oh, I've never seen this. I've only looked at this book all my life. It's my lifetime study. But now I stand in, and can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? You mean this is true? This is the way you did it? Yeah, this is the way I did it. Well, Lord, I believe you died for my sins for you. But now I'm in awe of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, well, I wonder if that's a past tense or present. uh, I noticed, Pastor, you didn't get this nuance. Oh, shut up. (laughs) When are you going to worship when you're hearing the word? are you going to say, oh, it's greater than I ever realized. It's awesome. And I'm not talking about Michael Jackson and the moonwalk. I'm talking about God. I only use the word awesome of God. Other things don't fill me with awe. I'm going to say awful. But of him, it's awesome. And Can it be that I've got this righteousness and before God right now, he doesn't see me as a dirty, filthy, rotten, no good worm sinner. But he says, I see you justified. I see you as my own. I see nothing but the perfect righteousness of Christ. I've given all of it to your account because you simply took Christ and received him in your heart. And I get this standing? Right. That's right. We could applaud heaven forever, couldn't we? I mean, this is good news when you're a real sinner. If you're a quasi-saint, get over it. You're a real sinner that God saved. Consequently, as a result of one trespass was condemnation to all men, as a result of one act of righteousness, the act of obedience, the cross obedience of Christ brings justification to all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. And I don't believe that made righteous there means practical, right. I think in the context he's still talking about Judicial righteousness. You'll be judicially declared right in the court of God. In chapter 6, he begins with practical righteousness. How we live it out. The walk of the believer in sanctification. Let me say this. Keep this in mind. Three great imputations. Imputation, meaning to put to your credit the work or the act of another. I sort, you, you hear it beautifully illustrated in the book of Philemon when Paul tells Onesimus and uh, uh, writing to Philemon, Onesimus, the runaway slave, he tells Philemon, and whatever Onesimus may have stolen from you or owes you, charge that to my account. That's the word imputation. Charge it to me. And three great imputations in Scripture, here they are, Romans 5.12, the sin of Adam was imputed to the whole human race. And if you disagree with that, just stop any part of the race from dying, and you can win your argument. A universal effect has a universal cause. One sin brought death to all men, whether they're under the law of Moses, they couldn't have been in the garden to break that command They were represented in Adam. So the sin of Adam is imputed to the whole human race. Now look at 2 Corinthians. We'll conclude with this. 2 Corinthians 5. I'll begin with verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them ah there's the concept of impute he was not imputing not charging with their sins well who were you charging and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation we are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Two uses of reconciliation. One is the cross work of Christ was a reconciling word. Now he says, I'm employing my church to go beseech people, enter into the benefits of that cross work, believe, be reconciled to God. Now watch what he says. God... God the Father made him, Jesus Christ, who had no sin to be sin for us. There's the second great imputation. God the Father was willing not to charge believers who would turn to Christ for their sins. But he made Christ to be our sin. So God took the sin we inherited from Adam and our own personal acts of sin and he charged, he imputed it to his son. And the great explanation of this is seen in Isaiah 53. God made his soul an offering for sin. It it pleased the Lord to bruise him and he took our griefs and our sins. Then he shows us the third imputation so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. First Corinthians 1.30 says, Christ has become to us righteousness. Our righteousness is Christ, and it's been charged to your account by faith alone. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. You stand as a child of God. You've escaped the condemnation. Oh, you say, well, people, are believers are still dying. Guess what? The last enemy to be destroyed will be death. And in the meantime, he's removed the sting for us, for he says, for us to die will be gain. And to die for us will be to be accompanied by the divine shepherd of 23rd Psalm. I will be with you through it. And I will see to it the last enemy to be destroyed is death. As in Adam all die, so in Christ all shall be made alive. Even death will cease for us. That's why part of heaven is eternal life. Eternal life. Not only God's quality of life while here, but a life that will go on forever and ever and ever. And you got it all. You got it all as a gift. I ask you today, who represents you? If you should die today, if you should die before we meet next Sunday, and you come before God... Who will represent you before God? You know, it's a marvelous thing. I say it to you, dear saints. When I sin, even as a believer, when I sin, do Christians sin? You better believe it. First John said, if we say we don't, we're deceived. We're liars. We do sin. And when I sin, I have no representation. Oh, no, 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 no. My little children, I write these things unto you that you not even sin once. But in case you do sin, we have a representative on duty who advocates for you before the Father and he pleads his own righteousness for you. So I'm being represented now. Hebrews 7.25, he ever lives to make intercession for his own, to save them to the point of completion, to the uttermost. Hebrews 7.25. I have Hebrews 9.24, Christ rose from the dead and he now appears in the presence of God. And look at the verse, for us. Guess what? My representative beholds the face of God day and night, and I'm represented. I'm engraved in his palms. I'm right there before the Father's face in my representative. That's why he cannot condemn me. Christ, Christ is my righteousness. He's your righteousness. I would think we would want to go to the ends of the earth to tell the condemned children of Adam there's a way to escape. Flee to Jesus Christ and he'll remove the curse of the Adamic curse and put you under the justification of being under a new family head. This is what we have in Christ. Our Father, we are in awe of your salvation. Uh, No one can save but you. No one can save but you. I pray if there's anyone here today that's just a nominal Christian, just a name only. They know a few cliches and they may even be here out of sincerity but they don't know you. They've never received the gift. I love what you said. To receive a gift not to do anything but to by faith open the gift and find it's everything God is for us in Jesus I pray, open the eyes of anyone that does not know you. Preachers can't save. Preachers can't open eyes. Preachers cannot regenerate. Only you can. But as your ambassador, I plead, I plead with those who are still living under the condemning power of Adam that they would flee and come to this new head, Christ our representative. Oh, What a blessed, blessed privilege. We love you, adore you. We're never going to let you forget it for all eternity. We're going to remind you it was your grace that God is here. Even if you're stuck with us, Lord, it's your fault. You're the one that saved. You're the one that populates heaven. And to you we'll forever sing our praises. What a great and awesome God you are. Amen. Amen.
0: And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Our program today has taken us back to the Book of Romans, where we've spent our time taking a look at the results of justification. To receive a copy of today's program or to order the entire series today's message was taken from, please contact us and let us know of your interest, and we'll get a copy out to you right away. Here's how to reach us. You can call us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. That's here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way to contact us is through our website, valleybible.org. You'll learn a lot about us. In fact, we have an awful lot of resource materials available there at the website that you can take advantage of as you grow in Christ. Simply stop by valleybible.org and pay us a visit. Don't forget to drop us an email, too, while you're there to let us know that you stopped by. And then there is another place that you can stop by, and that's to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Service times are at 9 and 11, and we have directions at our website, valleybible.org, or call us, 855-833-9864. One other thought as we let you go, to be a TFT sustainer is really quite easy. It doesn't matter the size of the gift. It just matters that you're faithful to partner with us financially and prayerfully. As a TFT sustainer, we have a quarterly newsletter we send your way. You have access to the weekly devotional video by Pastor Phil. It's called Take a Break. And we even have a once-a-year special gift we'll send your way. It's our way of saying thank you for partnering with us. Call us for further information at 855 833